0: Today's episode of the Teamwork Online webinar series is presented by ScreenSkins, the number one branded screen protector. Appreciate their support of the podcast, and they allow you to personalize your screen protector with custom or officially licensed designs that disappear. Get yours today by visiting screenskins.com and use the code LIFO24 at checkout for 20% off today. Again, the code LIFO24, L-I-F-O-2-4 at checkout for 20%. Enjoy today's episode. This is the Life in the Front Office Plus, where we dive deeper into personal and professional development, share nuggets and highlights from previous episodes, and bring you new content to provide insights and perspectives beyond the front office. Enjoy today's episode. As you either entered into a sales role or had sales be part of your roles, um, what were some of the things that you kind of had to get over in terms of, you know, sales being I don't I don't want to be in sales, right? or or it having kind of a negative connotation. Um, for those that are either thinking about starting in sales or transferring into a sales role, what are some of those things, questions you have to ask yourself as it relates to uh, getting over that that hump? Rachel?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I and I think that, you know, as you approach like whether it's interviews or if you're in a job and thinking about selling like and how do you approach yourself like selling yourself, the easiest thing that I always say and I know it's cliché when you hear it a lot, but it's like the best person who's going to be able to sell you sell yourself is yourself, right? Like there's you're you're going to be your biggest advocate. And whether that's how however you're approaching it, you really should think about it as like what are those ways that I can get that across? And I always find that I know you hear a lot about your 30-second elevator pitch. As being something that you should work on and i would take that a step further to think about how do you take your 30 second elevator pitch and make it something that is organic so it's you're knowing the top points within your elevator pitch that you really want to hit on and then when you're in a conversation with somebody or if you're meeting somebody for the first time how are you able to throw those points into the casual conversation so it's not as much about taking that Elder, elevator pitch and verbatim, like sitting in an elevator. Oh my God, I have to repeat everything I need. Like, no, it's like all those points that you want to hit on are important areas that you can really shine. You want to be able to highlight those to the next level. And so knowing it really well allows you that opportunity to take it into any conversation you're in and be able to kind of highlight, this is where I can really apply to what you guys are doing, or this is how I can take things and move, move what you're doing and recognize that the, knowledge and background I have applies to what you're doing. So I always think it's that 30 second elevator pitch, but almost expanded uh, in terms of the approach.
2: When I think about like things like the 30 second pitch, or when I was in grad school, it was like, Oh my God, I got to make sure I have my script right and get right. I I don't know like, I felt like I was like getting ready to put on a production, even though I was not qualified to whatsoever. Um, Obviously there's still like environments and certain cultures that lean towards formality and trend more that way. But I think one of the breakthroughs I had was realizing like, wow, like trying to humanize this is actually like really important, both on that level, but also to your point when you said um, the idea of like weaving in, making it more organic, like figure. And I think the prerequisite of that is really understanding your product and service really well to the degree where you can articulate it in any context and in layman's terms would be sort of two of the breakthroughs I had when you, when you said that inspired me to think about that.
3: Um, I had to take the speech class my freshman year. I was so nervous to take it because I hated speaking in front of people. Now it's like, I, that's what I love to do. But I remember pushing it to my junior year and having to drink a beer before I actually got up and, and, and spoke to people. That's how nervous I was. And, and that's like sales, is, you're selling yourself, you're out there pitching yourself. You know I, I never thought I wanted to get into sales. I remember my first interview with the Cavs I got laughed out of the room because they were like, okay, you ready to make some phone calls? I was like, no, this is miserable. Like, no, I don't want to do this. And I actually realized, you know, sitting down and talking to people that sales is a great way to get into an organization. I just didn't know much about myself once I graduated from school, but I, I sat and I talked to people and I listened and I realized that this was something that I wanted to do. And I, I grew to love it. Right. I, I enjoy sales so much. Like I try to sell people at the grocery store. When I'm in line. I'm like, Hey, that gum's great. You should buy it. Like I, I'm just, this is the, this is my jam. Like I love doing this. So, um, I would say you'd be surprised. It, it's not an easy job in the slightest. It really isn't. Um, but for ones that want to get into the sports industry, it is, a, it is an easier path than most Um, but two, um, again, I keep going back to this, the ability to control your own destiny. Like you can make some really good money, um, if you sell things and you're successful at it. So, um, for those that are nervous, uh, you know, take the step, uh, what's the worst that can happen is people tell, you no. um, but sales is a numbers game. The more you do it, the better you're going to be.
0: I don't want to sugarcoat everything, right? Like sales is hard. Um, there's definitely, you know, Allison, you said, UK, you, hey, you can make more money. Like there, there's definitely a lot of positives, but there also has to be something you don't like about sales um, and that you've, you know, through throughout the years, whether it be like, look, not every job, you're going to like 100% of, of everything that you do, right? And so um, for someone who's starting out in sales, Allison, when you're talking about your interview with you know, why would I want to make all these calls? Right. Like whatever that thing is, if you're starting out in it, what's something that you maybe haven't liked as much throughout your career could have been at any point in time um, that you would say, Hey, like, it's okay. If you're going to have to do this, just understand that you're not going to like hundred percent of every job you do.
3: Rejection. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Like being told, no, it sucks um and unfortunately I get told no a lot so I hear it a lot it, it just um you have to have thick skin um you have to realize that it's not personal um and it's just part of the job but yeah rejection is like gosh I mean if I, it just it, it kills you sometimes I mean sometimes you go home and you're like, dang. Today sucked. Like I'm miserable. Um, and then like yesterday, I got a verbal from a great brand and I'm on top of the world. So it's like it's so cyclical sales, the ups and downs. Um, you just gotta kind of roll with the punches with it. Um, it's it's not, it's not for everybody. Let's just say that.
1: And a lot of people in the comments are saying every no's in the next opportunity. It's like the best thing with a no is like, okay, you can wipe your hands of them and move on and know that they're not a candidate. And then you can spend your time going with somebody else. So I do think that, that side of it's true, but no suck. My thing would be too, is like, I am not a fan of prospecting and depending on what role you're in, some of them, they give you your kind of lead list and it makes it a little easier when you have to go out and prospect for yourself. That was always one of the hardest things for me. Cause it's like, where do you even start? How do you even approach it? You know, it's like said, finding emails, finding contact info was always a challenge. And my piece there is just thinking through like, how do you segment it in a way that's tangible day after day? So whether it's by category and you kind of say, okay, I'm going to understand this whole category and get it to an expertise, or if it's by region and say, okay, I'm going to really tackle this one area and get there, whatever it is to compartmentalize and shorten and make it feel smaller versus like the broad scope. Oh my God, prospecting, how do I get to 50 every single day? Like, or whatever your numbers are like, how do you make that something that's more tangible? And I think once you get past that, it makes it a lot easier to go into the day to day. And I hated prospecting. I moved myself to a role that I don't have to do as much prospecting <laughs> anymore because it's my least favorite thing. <laughs> so sometimes just shifting roles solves some of the problems too.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, well, you you came out of a great machine to learn that lesson, Rachel, at the tour. That's for sure. Uh, we, do, we do it really well there. But my answer is really a hybrid of both of yours. Um, you know, Alice and I, No was hard for me to start hearing at first, but actually, I think Rachel, you might've said this earlier, but numbing myself to the idea of hearing no was probably the single most biggest benefit I got in sales. I don't want to be in sales formally in the long term. I've learned that like to Rachel's point on prospecting, like, I don't think I want to be in sales. I like strategy much more, but it doesn't matter whether you're in a formal sales role. You're always going to get told no on your ideas at some point in your career, if you're successful, or if you're on the track to success. And it was my experience in having people tell me no i don't want your product uh, that helped me get there Uh, so i would do it all over again um but something else that i kind of also learned during it too was um sales is so important to like the lifeblood of an organization right like it usually keeps the lights on it's the thing that's proliferating products and services so i tried to always find ways and things that i liked during it but um I think one of the things that also triggered me too a lot was very tra- like the transaction when the when sort of what Rachel had said about trying to meet numbers versus what Allison had mentioned, then you send yourself sort of into like this intense cycle of hearing no, and when you do, and if you happen to be selling products that are very transactional, and have a short life cycle, and don't really have a lot of like time investment in it in selling it, that can wear you down over time pretty quickly. Um, but I kind of acted on that too as well to Rachel's point. Um, I got into technology where I was selling like leagues than B2B services, which is really technically what I do today. So I think I found a lot of my own preferences in sales capacities, even if I don't have a formal sales role.
0: Yeah, I think just to make the point of like sales exists in so many different ways, and it's not just ticket sales or group sales or suite sales or sponsorship sales, right? There's so many different avenues in which you can be on the business development side, or you can be in roles that support business development as a whole. And you don't have to actually be the one that's selling, but you can be in, you know, in the weeds or behind the data or whatever it might be that ultimately helps that process, um, that helps Rachel prospect or, or, you know, something of that sort, right. There's, there's a lot more roles that are being built out today. Um, one of the things I want to get to before we wrap up is just communication styles. It's been brought up uh, a couple of times throughout the, the webinar today. And, um, there, you know, between the handwritten note to a call to an in person meeting text, like what's your favorite uh, mode of, of communication and what do you see is working better now? And how does technology impact how we are selling and communicating today?
1: Prior to COVID, uh, you used to have a phone call as kind of your first one. If you let's say you had a couple of phone calls and then you'd fly out and meet them, you know, for the first big meeting, and it took a lot of time, it was a whole day and that meeting might end in a no, you know, from a qualification or anything, but it was still, you had to kind of fly out and do it. And I think Zoom has allowed you the opportunity to not have to do that and then take the time for some of those bigger meetings where it's really justified and you know, okay, this is a closing meeting, we can make it work, or it might be something different. And granted, those are for partnership sales. So those are going to be on a bigger scale. It's going to be something where you're having more of a conversation. But I think for any level of sale, just being able to have a Zoom where you're face-to-face, You can have more of that upfront chatting right before the meeting starts. So much of that plays into the relationship building and being able to build that communication upfront has gone a long way. And I really, I think personally, it's been a great thing for my level of sales and what I do, but you know, I I do know whether it's, I think calling anything where you can kind of talk to a person is going to be better than just an email or an outreach.
3: Agreed. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, like when i first started sales uh it was all over the phone right it uh, cold call cold call cold call constantly now there are so many different ways to communicate with somebody um it's kind of good and bad right like you know, you may send somebody a note on LinkedIn. Do they even check their LinkedIn in mail? Maybe, maybe not. So it, it's, I think technology has given us the opportunity to, to hit people in different ways. Right. So I may start out with an email. I'll call their cell. I'll send them a note on LinkedIn. I'll shoot them a text. Like there's so many different ways to communicate. I think now like the phone call is kind of dead, right? It's very rare that you get a phone call from somebody and it's like, Hey, I'd like to sell you this product. Like, it's it's mostly email or text or or something of that nature. So it's I think technology has kind of helped us get a little bit better and more intentional with you know how we how we reach out and talk to people. But again, there's so many different avenues now to touch somebody and you just don't know if they use it, right? So um I think it's 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 been easier but it's also been harder.
2: Yeah I'd agree with both of those. I mean whatever I typically always default to whatever communication medium is the most convenient for the person i'm speaking with but then also to rachel's point um it is a sort of longer term goal to migrate them towards more intimate mediums like phone calling it's actually really fun calling people these days and hearing the surprise in people's voices to allison's point by the way um, but technologies can be can be helpful and not but i do think it's net helpful um, it can be not helpful in that sometimes you feel like you're wildly over uh like too available i don't know i spend a lot of time working with people in like time zones outside of north america And so, but I mean, look at the end of the day, we are all trying to pursue careers in sports and we know the type of concessions we have to make on our time. So that really is just a subset of that. But, you know, depending on what kind of product you're selling, where you're selling it, you find yourself up at weird times. That's where technology can help out a lot. But I do find myself having to be conscious of moving towards things that make sense for people. Like, I don't think anything will ever trump this in my career, but who knows with where technology is going. But when I worked at EA, it was fun to take business meetings while I was playing video games with people.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office Plus. And remember to share with a friend or colleague, leave a review, and tune in to each weekly or monthly episode across our shows.